Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 286. The other week, Linz and I attended Grand Rapids Comic Con. While at the show, I was able to talk to some of the guests of the industry that were in attendance. First, we have Joe Hubbard of My Geek Scene. Although our interview was short, we're planning on doing a much longer one later this year, so looking forward to that. Next, we have C.R. Warner, whose art is so diverse that she can do almost anything. She has a comic book that she's working on currently that once it's done and published, we're definitely going to be reviewing that on the show. Then we have Travis McIntyre from SourcePoint Press to give us an update on all the projects coming out from that powerhouse publisher. Finally, it would not be a convention without chatting a bit with Dirk Manning, so we let him get on, just for old time's sake. So grab a beverage and sit back and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, Episode 286, Grand Rapids Comic Con Part 2, Interviews from the Con Floor. friend of mine, Joe Hubbard. Joe, what is it that you do? Well, um, Besides kicking ass and taking names. Well, I only just take names nowadays. <laughs> you know, my days of kicking ass never happened, so they're far behind me. <laughs> well, I'm Joe Hubbard of MyGeekScene.com, M-I, short for Michigan. I run a positive geek culture website. I consider myself a journalist that travels across the state. I take photos, crap ton of photos of people, not just cosplayers, but of the whole event. I conduct, I try to conduct fun and engaging interviews with uh, the guests at Comic-Cons or geek conventions in general, whether they're uh, cosplayers, comic book artists, writers, voice actors, just any of the guests. I do about two to six hours of research, so I don't have to ask the same questions as everybody else. Um, you are, yeah, you are way more professional than myself and our team, as well as some of my other friends in, in the podcasting industry. I know that you take the time to make it like really good and that's why I feel more people should know about what you do because out of everyone that I know friends through the Khan family and everything I really am most proudest of seeing what you've accomplished over the past thank you years. dude I appreciate that it's just I don't know I just when I when I see interviews and stuff like that I, yeah sure I'll listen to them I use them for research purposes but then when I listen to 10 interviews it's usually nine out of ten they're all the same interview and I, I don't I want to stand out, and I just want to have fun with some of the guests. I mean, just recently, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to put myself over, I interviewed Lucy Pohl, who is Mercy from Overwatch, and she's German-born, and I began the interview completely in German. She was not expecting that, and um, it made an impression with her. A good impression, might I add, not like, oh, your German was terrible. Thankfully, <laughs> that was not the case. She was impressed, and she actually said it on film, so no, I'm not blowing myself up. Um, as I mentioned, I write reviews of the conventions, too. I try to be very thorough about that, but my reviews are very, very slow to come out. And the final piece of my uh, spiel for my website is I have a very extensive geek events calendar of geek events all throughout the state of Michigan. Ren fairs, comic cons, toy shows, anime shows, uh, steampunk video game stuff, etc., 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 that you can actually get directions to the venue from my website. So I try to make it a one-stop pop for positive geek culture in Michigan. So do you, how many of those shows that you get contacted to uh, put up on your website and everything do you get to attend? Because I know that time is limited for us all. but um, Well, generally, um, since my work schedule changed from my real job, um, this one's not fully paying me to... Uh, <laughs> for none of us. Really. Uh, not at this point yet, but this is what I'm working towards. Uh, three out of four weekends a year, I mean, three out of four weekends a month, I am hitting up some sort of event and um i mean i mean last year it was at least 28 26 to 28 events don't quote me on that throughout the whole year and then i was going every other weekend but once i freed up more weekends at my real job it was now i haven't even count how many i've been to this year um and it's a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> i get oh my goodness i will probably be done uh, i'll probably say about 30 by the time i get done with everything but then don't quote me on that. I'll probably give you a different number once I've actually officially sat down and counted after my season's done at the um, sometime mid-November. Now I know because you are, you know, my geek scene like Michigan-based. 
Do you, though, tend to try to go to some other ones outside of the state? I mean, I know you might not promote them, but just because they're fun or bigger? Or... I have not yet. I would. Uh, that's. I wanted to at least build a foundation for myself in Michigan before I ventured out. And I'm certainly not going to forget Michigan. I would love to go to uh, events outside of Michigan. I would love to go to C2E2, Anime Central, um, Colossal Con, Matsuri Con, um, all these cool events that I, I see people go to. Uh, hell, I would love to go to Dragon Con down in Atlanta, you know, and Gen Con for sure. But I haven't stepped foot outside yet. It's just I wanted to establish a name for myself. And then obviously when I plan on going to other states, I'm going to have to build a name for myself through there. I'm not going to move to a different state and start up a new <laughs> yeah. uh, Ohio geek scene, oh geek scene, you know. <laughs> so, like, whoever wants to take that, feel free to, you know. But it's just – I, I haven't done that yet, but I do plan on it, um, certainly in 2018. I mean, on a side, I mean, on side note, should I say, I'm actually going down to MAGFest in Maryland, um, and that's not even for uh, the website. It's just to go have, have fun. fun. Yeah, yeah, because sometimes when you're doing these events, I mean, it is work for us. It can be some fun work, but sometimes you just need one of those where you can actually just enjoy the whole weekend. Yeah, it'll be an, it'll, it actually will be a first for me to not bring my camera along or try to do um, interviews and whatnot. It's just I'm going to treat this as an actual vacation. I'm going to go see so many awesome VGM bands and 24-hour gaming. Like, yeah, I'll come back, you know, but it's just I really want to – I think it'll be a good way to start off the year in January, and that's just for funsies. So um, I know that our time is limited here right now at Grand Rapids Comic Con to do an interview. We will do a full interview later, but I want to get a quick synopsis of how did my geek scene come about? Like, what made you want to do that out of, like, anything else? Like, we decided to pair drinking and comic books. You know, other people do, you know, cons and everything else. Like, what made you just want to be the whole state? Well... Um, I would dare say, I would actually joke that uh, it came out of a midlife crisis. Like, uh, I'm in my mid-30s now. God, I'm old. <laughs> Aren't we all? I know. Um, well, it just I was at JFAX um, a few years ago, the anime convention that was at Grand Valley, but now it's downtown uh, Grand Rapids. But I, was, I always looked forward to JFAX each year. That was like my actual vacation. Uh, I would center my work vacation around JFAX, and I would always seriously look forward to it and I got bummed out when it would end it was like the best time of my life and the worst time of my life I would get that whole con depression after an event ended but uh with my real job which I won't go into details about I'm not really crazy about that field I'm good at what I do but it's like eh, it's okay so uh the last day of JFAX I said to myself um something's got to change with my life and then um shortly after that my birthday occurred and then I had a just this weird idea to start up a geek culture website i had never created a website before and like i've been fortunate enough to talk to quite a few people that have been helping me out and stuff like that and to get things up and running and i figured why don't i just create like a one-stop pop for everybody so and that's how that came about the short story it's just like uh midlife crisis equals positive geek culture website i would look at it as a uh, positive cathartic out, um, release for me okay now with uh what but what more specifically with the name like how did you come about that because i do know when we talked about before you're trying to come up with something uh, kind of clever it, and originally it was uh, going to be grand rapids geek because i'm we're both based mm -hmm. out of grand rapids and uh then i had a short free wordpress website called michigangeekevents.wordpress.com so i was just listing all the stuff and then like i was brainstorming with my friend cassidy ray warner who's here at the grand rapids comic con i know this isn't going to come out but i'm just giving her a plug because she's helped me out so much well, i'm going to be interviewing her too oh she's, she's, she's a friend of mine she, she is, is awesome she's awesome. i think more people need to know once she finally gets that comic book made so people can actually get that in their hands she oh yeah is amazing well, like i've commissioned art i'm at like on my geeks and ink uh tattoo gallery on the website the artwork that's featured on there i commissioned that from her because I sought her out for that. We, but she, uh, her and I just sat down. We were brainstorming ideas for a name, and we both came up with my geek scene, you know. So and it is, I mean, it is perfect. Like I can't think of a better name that you guys could have had that like encompasses, I mean, pretty much Michigan, but how it goes about. And the the cool thing about it is, like, since I own both domains, I own the domain to MI and MY Geek Scene. So if you type in MY Geek Scene, it'll just go back to my website for oh, MI nice. Geek Scene. So. Now, now the behind the scenes is always, you know, some of the tough stuff of doing 
you know, some of these things, but for for not revealing the curtain behind everything, what do you think is the first step for someone that might want to do something that you are doing right now? Um, hmm. I've never been asked that. I'm not used. I'm used to interviewing people, not giving <laughs> interviews. Uh, the first step to doing what I do. Yeah. Um, have an idea and just work your ass off towards making it happen. Um, like I said, I had a crazy idea just to, that morphed into what it is now, just to have a positive geek culture website, you know. And um, I just went from there. I, I guess when we do an, another interview down the road, I'll have a better answer for you. <laughs> it's just I'll re-ask you the softball yeah, question. Please, yes, it's just um, I don't know. Think of something. I mean, like if you have a dream work and you really want to do it, what's to say you can't? You mm-hmm. just have a lot of obstacles in your way. It's not easy. I mean, I'm not doing this for a living at this point yet, but I keep I'm working towards dream. it. Yep. That's the dream. All right, well, Joe, let's get back to Grand Rapids Comic Con, have some fun in there, and we will chat later. All right, thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. I am with uh, a friend of mine, the very talented C.R. Warner. Hello. Cassidy, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I've been enjoying the con. Uh, my feet are tired, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, like all cons, though, you you see all this beautiful art and yours. I've seen so many people stopping today. I came by earlier to try to talk to you, and ah. you had people just around that uh. I just was like, "All right, well, she's doing her thing." And yep. <laughs> how, how is it? This is your first con. This is my first con. Yeah, I've done street fairs. That's a whole different, whole different ball game. Um, the con is infinitely more interesting everyone's dressed up um lots to see it's almost overwhelming how much talent there is it's been a lot of fun now you have now you have uh your booth set up and um you are selling prints original art and everything i mean what i asked some of my friends is you know was it was it a good con for you this is obviously your first so it's your first metric but you feel compared to some of the other things that you've done you enjoyed yourself yes met all my goals I think probably the most useful has been the feedback I've gotten just it's interesting to me what people gravitate to versus what I thought they were going to gravitate to uh just just kind of mind opening but yeah what's uh what's something that like if someone were to come and it would be their first con what's like something that you learn now that you like man I will definitely take that to heart next time or something that they should know ahead of time as a visitor or as a no no as a as a artist artist. um bring something to sit on like a pillow (laughs) oh my goodness and also a second tablecloth to cover your display when you're done didn't even think about that um but my neighbors are great and definitely help me out so that's cool when when I've had a booth before when our podcast set up uh meeting the neighbors was was always fun because those are the people that would have to listen to me all weekend and and it can sometimes be sour depending on you know if they're grumpy cats or not or you can make lifelong friends within the comic book industry i was definitely worried but i struck gold both of my neighbors are great uh they have fed me beef jerky candy all weekend (laughs) just awesome nice now let's go into your art style um what what do you feel because you you do a lot of everything I have a wide variety of interests um, I can't sit in one medium too long or I get bored so I tend to tend to hop around a lot um, watercolor is kind of where I started I did that almost exclusively for a year then I got bored went to ink got bored went back to watercolor got bored went to acrylics just whatever I'm in the mood for what is your favorite uh, piece that you have done Oh my god. Uh, it's like impossible to answer. Right now I, I just finished a, a piece of fan art, Rachel from Blade Runner, and that's probably, I really like that. It's digital, um, but I'm just really happy with it. Probably because the movie just came out, so okay. I'm really hyped up on it. But yeah. How, how is it different from doing, you know, watercolors to ink and then digital as well? Like what, what is some big differences? Like I personally I'm not an artist I don't know any of these techniques or anything but I just feel digital just feels like like it'd be harder because you don't feel the paper Um, you know I hear both I hear people say digital I hear people say digital is cheating and that drives me nuts um it's just a whole nother medium it's they all have pros and cons uh I think that inking digitally is a lot quicker uh just because it's 
feel like when I'm inking traditionally, I gotta make sure I eat beforehand so my hands aren't shaking, that kind of thing. With digital, it's uh, there's a lot of forgiveness. Um, the program will straighten your lines out if you're going quick. Uh, so I think that's easier, and then you don't have to um, you don't have to skip through so many pens. If you want to change the size of the ink, it's just really easy to do that digitally versus going through 20 different microns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> One of the that I see in a lot of your pictures is the I don't know what you call her. What what do you name the squid girl? Tentacle chick. It's the lamest name. I don't have anything more. Hey, original. but that, that kind of describes her. But it's yeah. It's such a beautiful kind of like I don't know, kind of dark almost like. She's living her life. Um, people <laughs> always have. What's her name? What's her name? I'm like I don't know, and I cannot even tell you how many random people tell me to name her Octavia. It was. It's like, like the no, it's high mind. Yeah, it's like, something normal, Sarah. I know, they say Octavia, I'm like, we're, we're thinking too hard, okay? Like, it's just funny, though. All these strangers have settled on this one name. I, it's the hive mind, I guess. Now, that like that is your unique creation. Yes. And yep. like I said, it's, it's one of those that I... It's, it's mesmerizing. It's, Thank you. And with that, do you ever feel like there should be a backstory to her? She's... There are some head cannons floating around about her. Um, she's part of the Monster Girlfriends, and they crop up a lot in my artwork. It's, it's a lot of slice of life kind of thing. Um, she's got a girlfriend who is snake chick. <laughs> she's got snake body. Wow, you are very creative. Bad at gaming. <laughs> yeah. Very creative. Um, and they have a cat and a clawfoot bathtub and a cute little apartment. And these a cat things. named Cat. It doesn't have a name. Yeah, cat. <laughs> they have a black cat. That's it. Uh, and they just kind of live their lives and. They sort of have personalities. I like to think that Tentacle Chick is a little more outgoing than Snake Chick, but that's now, about it. I mean, now doing uh, this type of art, uh, you know, there's a difference between this and sequential art and yes. everything. And have you dabbled in that? Sequential art, yes. Um, I'm very fresh at it. It's been a whole new, <laughs> whole new experience. Uh, I'm working on a comic book, and this has just been uh, kind of mind-blowing. I'm so used to having all the time in the world uh, to make every little thing perfect. I love tight line work. I love, I like my artwork to be tight. Uh, with comic books and sequential work, there's just, you don't have that time. You have to draw quick, and it's so hard for me to be like, let it go, just let it go. Not everything is going to be like a masterpiece. It just has to convey the story. So have you thought about doing some with Tentacle Chick and Snake Girl, like, and yeah. just like doing a couple, you know, something <laughs> up there to tell more of their, yeah. Yeah, I have a few ideas. Uh, there wouldn't really be a lot of plot. It'd probably be more fluffy kind of stuff. But I, I've hashed out a few like ten-page scripts. One day I'll, I'll get to it, but yeah, probably. Now getting back to the comic book that you're creating now, what is the time frame that you guys are looking at for that? Pretty quick, uh, they're waiting on me. I have got everything penciled and inked. We just have to color it. Uh, and then I also have to do um, the lettering. The lettering I'm putting off because I have no idea how to do it, but I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> so I'm thinking I would like to send it off to be printed in the next two to three weeks if I can really get flying on it. And then after that, it's uh, a two week turnaround. So probably a month, month and a half. Open. Where can people uh, find, well, not only the book, but also your art? Yeah, um, my art, I have a website, crwarner.com. I'm on Facebook, also crwarner. Um, Instagram, crwarnerart. Uh, the comic book, we're talking with a few people, but there should be physical copies, we're hoping, in local stores. But I don't want to say anything because it's not quite concrete. So. All right, well, I look forward to uh, finally reading that, and I hope my listeners definitely check out your art because it, it is well worth it. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Alright, thank you. Can you get any closer? I, I could get it. a little closer. If only people could see the visual instead of just hearing or so close, our oohs and ahs. Our thighs are touching right yes. now. I don't know if you can you tell? The they're rubbing so much they're making static. Well, I got this weird thing where I, I mean, I'm nervous. Like when I'm talking to a celebrity journalist like you. <laughs> I bounce my leg. My leg bounces too when I'm I'm talking to an incredible actor. I'm with Tormund Giantsbane here today, <laughs> and we're gonna talk all about Game of Thrones. That's fine. I'll do that. That's fine. I am indeed Tormund Giantsbane. I uh, have a very large penis. <laughs> I'm famous for that. 
Um, and uh, let's see, what are the other legends about me? Uh, I had sex with a bear oh, ac- accidentally. Uh, that might only be in the books. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if that made it into the show. Uh, yeah. I, ca- I can't explain how many times. It was two years ago when I was actually uh, traveling for work. And I took a picture and I'm like, holy shit, this looks like Travis. Yeah. And I forget who the actor's name is, though. And then I talked to Josh I can't about it. I the name of the actor, but uh, he's also like the Wyndham Wizard. In the commercials for Wyndham Hotels? Yeah, well, that's where it was one of those hotels that I saw it in. And then I thought of you, and I texted Josh. At the time, I don't think I had your number. And Josh goes, oh, he gets it all the time. I go, I do. It's okay, then I guess I won't really post it on his Facebook. Oh, no, you can so, go ahead and post it. I'm sure everyone I, I does. Can, I take it as a compliment. Well, of course. That dude's fucking... And it gets my wife all wild up, too. She's just like, oh, man. Pillage and... <laughs> yeah, I... She gets pillaged, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that girl get pillaged. Mm. Well, enough of your uh, fantasies. Uh, let's get back <laughs> to reality. <laughs> how, how, how's the con been for you? It's really good. It's been really good. This show, um, you know, the first thing is that the, the people who work at this show are really excellent. They're really excellent. Like, they put, they put together, this team of people is... Uh, I'm not, we're not treated as well at almost any other show. That, that we do like these guys are amazing like stopping by you need need anything blah 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 blah. move in is easy move out every day it's very well staffed and they do a great job um you know customer wise we're selling out of a bunch of stuff it's nearing the end of the day sunday uh really happy with the financial aspects of the show that's awesome uh, that's always a lot the, of books. the bottom line talk right to there. a lot of people it's it's been pretty great so pretty who great. uh plus i have a lot of friends in grand rapids and you know, it's nice to see them, even though a bunch of them are cocksuckers. And <laughs> I got tricked into going to fucking karaoke again last How'd night. How'd you get tricked? I got tricked. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how I got tricked. So, first of all, Derek and Mel, uh, Derek Becker, who uh, you know, yeah. used to be on this show and is now uh, just a douchebag. Uh, I stayed at his place, yes. right? Um, you know, the rest of the crew stayed at the Amway, but I was like, you know, I want to be nice, try to bring a little class out to Derek and Mel's place, you know, class mm-hmm. up the joint yeah. a little bit. Um, and uh, they're like, oh, we want to make dinner for, for you guys. So my wife was here yesterday. I'm like, cool, free dinner. So we go out, the back uh, show ends, we head out there, and it's like me and my wife, Laura, and uh, Corinne Roberts came out there. And that idiot Dirk. Oh, and, yeah, he's always around. He's always just tagging along. Yeah, ruining everything. Yep. And, um, you know, Seth, uh, Pat from C4, mm-hmm. Pat Walla. And Mel, to be fair, like, she made these barbecue chicken wings that were fucking phenomenal. They were incredible. Oh, yeah, they... Derek eats that shit all the time. It's yeah, so that's good. why Derek's put on, like, 300 pounds. Yeah. He yeah. looks like a fucking bowling ball on toothpicks. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I was telling him the other day, I'm like, you are now, you're like a 2X and a 1X right now. Like, it's getting out of hand. Yeah, he needs to... you got to up up the clothing size. got to get time. a little it's, bit less con, yeah. con-goer. But yeah, definitely. Going. He's eating way too well these days. Yes. Way too well. It's it getting, makes me a little bit jealous, but... Well, no, it's nice. It's nice, but it's... You can definitely tell. Like, you're eating a lot of, a lot of waffle breakfasts. <laughs> a lot of bacon and waffles in the morning. This getting out of hand. So we go out there, we have this great dinner. We're having a couple beers, everything seems fine, chilling. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, let's let's head out to the so I'm not from Grand Rapids. I haven't been around, I don't come around here that much anymore. You know, I mean I used to live in Kalamazoo, so I kind of know a lot of the places, mm-hmm. but I'm not super familiar. He's like, oh let's let's go uh, let's just go to the PlayStation pub and have a few drinks. And I'm like, okay. Um, and I, I'm like, that's the one that has like all the pinball machine stuff, right? Which is not. No, that's not. that's the pyramid scheme. Yep. But I don't remember that. And I'm thinking PlayStation. That's all like, oh yeah, that's the video game thing with all the pinball machines. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Let's go there for a few drinks. Derek, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he he really did trick you. They tricked me. Oh, they know there's no fucking way I'm gonna go to karaoke two nights in yeah. a row. Oh, those dicks. So we get out there, and as soon as I get out of the car, I'm like, you sons of bitches. 
This you is knew that, the the Pizza Hut. This is that goddamn yep. ex Pizza Hut place where they they're the only place left in the city where they'll do karaoke. Sure enough, it's just a karaoke nightmare in there. As loud as balls the whole time, and it's the usual crowd of fools. You were there. Yeah. I I was there a little bit longer than most people. Oh I should God. have left was, when you guys did. Funny. But you know I. Did you? Yeah, I stayed oh, too dude. late. I drank a couple too extra. Once. Once Casey was and Laura got into doing shots together, I was like, okay, it's time for us to wrap it up or <laughs> it's going to get it's going to get real ugly. But it is it's always fun to see you guys in, you know, our personal lives kind of interweaving out uh, amongst online, going to cons, but I mean, this is also work for us and how has the work been? Like how has Source Point been since last we've talked to you? Pretty good, man. Um, since last we spoke, like on the air, which I want to say was probably May. Yeah. Right. Um, the movie's almost done. Uh, I actually fly to LA on Wednesday. On Saturday, I'm watching the director's cut at a VIP screening. Okay. So we'll do the director's cut, and then there'll be another cut after that because it's right now uh, it's it's a little too long. I think it's clocking at about two hours three minutes. So it needs a little bit of a haircut still. How much do you get in the process of doing some of those cuts? Because the director, obviously, is kind of doing a lot yeah, of the Yeah, I shots. mean, Brian Skiba has, um, but um, I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm the executive producer, so. You kind of get final say. Yeah, I'm kind of the, the boss, I guess. Um, but I'm not really that kind of boss, anyway. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, I want Brian to make the best movie he can. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, like two hours, three minutes is probably too long. He's like, oh, it definitely is too long. we got to get it down to like 145. So we got to cut In the movie, minutes. the movie that we're talking about is Rotten Tail. Tail, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's almost done. Um, it's going to come out, I believe, the third week of March or maybe the very last weekend of March, whatever that is. Um, but, yeah, it seems like it's going really well. Is it going to uh, be a limited release or direct DVD or...? I'm not 100% sure yet, but we are talking about a limited theatrical. Okay. Um, we're going to hopefully be doing the premiere in Detroit. Oh, nice. Um, we've got some pretty big shit planned on that. Um, the group uh, Twisted uh, did the soundtrack. Oh, for cool. the film, uh, it's going to be released on their record label, and it's, it's pretty awesome. So we're going to do some pretty cool shit. Uh, the premiere next next year. Keep an eye out for it. You know, I'll send you a you know press invite. Nice. Yes, I, I will definitely take it. Free stuff is what I. I know. My specialty. I know exactly. <laughs> uh, does this free press invite does it come with any sort of uh, goodie bag? Do we get or, popcorn? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, so that's good. We have another one that is in pre-production right now. Um, and we've released, Jesus, like, what, 15 new books since May? Yes. And, and some of them have some of them have done really well. Some of them have done okay. Well, that's what none, I was gonna, of them have, none of them have taken a shit. Everything has gone okay. Well, I was going to say, the, when you brought up Twisted, like that, how did that all come about with you guys and making their book that they have? Um, it started, like many things in Michigan do in comics, with Gary Reed. Um, Gary was partners with a fellow named Paul Burke, uh, who used to be Todd McFarlane's partner and TMP, Todd McFarlane's okay. toy company, and who, where Gary was also vice president of that back in the 90s. And then, uh, you know, Gary, when he relaunched Caliber, he launched another company called Caprice Brands with Paul. And through the course of Caprice Brands, they became friends with George Vahakis, who is the Twisted's manager and the owner of M&E, Magic Ninja Entertainment, the record label that they run. It has like Blaze and Young Wicked and all, all those guys. So, um, so originally it was they wanted to do a comic and, um, you know, like, uh, you know, Dirk was you know, in Toledo, which is too close, and, you know, his ears perked up when he heard someone talking about a comic, and somehow Him managed, somehow being able to be attached to somehow it. managed to glom his black-clad ass onto it, like he does, and, uh, no, and he wrote a great script, and, you know, the, the, the band loved it, and, uh, you know, it's like a Scooby-Doo kind of thing, it's a comedy, horror comedy, um... So, through the course of all this, um, you know, Gary passed, and 
I sort of stepped in to fulfill the um, editorial duties uh, on, on the project. So, you know, if you buy one of the books, uh, it, it's dedicated to Gary Reed in the back, and that's why. Because he was really the guy who kind of got the ball rolling on this. Okay. To start it and create this m &E comic universe um, that the fans of, of the band have responded to very, very strongly. I had uh, back uh, last spring, so before, like, kind of run, it was kind of more announced that you guys were going to be releasing this. I had uh, went to a random bonfire, and there was someone that had, like, pants that said Twisted on it, and I just told the dude, I was like, yeah, I'm friends with some people that are making a book, they're, they're making a comic, like, holy cow, their fandom is immense and hardcore, hardcore. and that is awesome that they have been really receptive of the book. Uh, extremely, uh, extremely. So it's been really cool. Um, you know, I, so I stepped in, took that over, and that's how I ended up coming under the SourcePoint banner. Is that something that uh, the collaboration continuing forward? Is there talks already, or it's more or less uh, once you kind of got the yeah, book out, a, you kind of wait? There's a that, no the book as soon as the book the, as soon as the pre-orders were announced, and after like the first two days, we were like, "Yep, let's get a contract for the next set." Nice. It was very apparent that it was going to go well, and we were. You know, I wasn't familiar, very familiar with these guys ahead of time, and so I had my doubts about the whole project. And I was like, I don't want to make a fucking Kiss comic. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want yeah. this to be this gimmicky thing. It has to be like a comic that is a good comic all by itself. Yes. You know, I don't want it to be like, oh, these guys are these Detroit rappers and it's this vanity project. And, and honestly, it isn't that at all. It's those guys, but they, in the comic universe, they are not musicians at all. They are guys who are running a paranormal investigation business, and they're very, very poor at it. <laughs> uh, and so, like, we kind of created this whole universe with all those characters, but none of them are who they are. They're all nice. comic versions of themselves. Um, so we really didn't want it to be a vanity thing. We really didn't want and they didn't either. That's the other nutty thing about these guys when I met them in real life for the first time is how, like, they're, like, legit hardcore nerds. Like, oh, hardcore really? nerds. Nice. Yeah, I was talking about, like, Silver Age comic keys with Jamie, uh, Mad Rocks. Like, and he knows his shit. He's, like, a legit comic that is nerd. Cool. It was So it was... Refreshing to have that. Well, it really changed my opinion on the whole thing. Then I was kind of like, okay, yeah, we, we, you know, we can make a good thing on this. So the, the, the pre-orders were announced. Like, two days later, we were like, yeah, let's... Let's do a four issue or a bigger trade cool. um, contract that's currently on the table. So um, it hasn't been signed by all parties yet, but I don't expect any issues to arise that would stop any of that from happening because everybody's been really happy with how it's gone so far. So yeah, we're gonna do another one. Um, you know, I'm hoping to do, uh, and then so that'll be next year, and then uh, I'm hoping near the end of next year to actually do a uh, another one shot that will star Blaze. Okay. Um, you know, and kind of just like create this whole fake Detroit-based paranormal uh, paranormal investigation, investigation yes. universe. It's like a Scooby-Doo type universe. So that's that's kind of how the whole thing is set up. Well, that's really cool. But yeah, it's been great, man. And the so, fan response is amazing. And here's the other thing, like their their fan base, like they come up and you know they're like, I've I've got to have that twisted book. And they buy the twisted book. And then they start looking at all the other stuff they do, and I, every single one of them is like. I gotta try this, and I gotta try this, and I gotta try this. That is excellent. Yes, yeah, so that's what—that's really what you want to see. Is mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's one thing to be like, "Look, we're gonna make this comic, and there's this built-in fan base, and they're gonna move a couple thousand copies." That's great, right? But that's a limited, of limited usefulness, you know. But when you have these guys that they're like really open about, like, "Oh, shit, you guys do horror comedy stuff." That's what I like, yeah. you know, and they're into it, and they're just like, I'll try this one, and this one, and this one, and off you go, you know, so it's, it's been good. So, I, like, I know I asked you many times before, but I always like re-bringing it up because you, have you having, you. what? Because SourcePoint Press being a publisher, which more normal people don't get to interact with different publishers to see kind of the back end of how things go, can you quick go through how something would get made like let's say that i was a random person that wanted to get a comic book made is that something possible for a random person to like discuss talk to you guys is it more of a come and take you guys have the ideas and you find the writers and the artists how does i, I it mean work? we do all that stuff right like 
not too long ago I had a, a specific thing I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to relaunch Sourcepoint Presents as a series of black and white horror one-shots, and I wanted them to be based on um, uh, prompts that I gave. And I put up the four prompts, I got like a hundred submissions of different ones. So when I take, I take December or January off, uh, you know, I'll read all the submissions, decide what I want to do. But we also, I mean, we're always taking submissions on creator-owned stuff. We're one of the few publishers, uh, publishers I know of that will look at only scripts and you know ideas and stuff like that. We're pretty open. Probably one of the easiest ways to do it is to find me at a convention and, or Josh uh, at a convention. And, and you know, if we're not busy and you're like, could I talk to you for 10 minutes and, and tell you about an idea I have? We're almost always willing to listen. Um, you know, I mean, like every publisher on the planet, we we like to work with proven commodities, right? So your best bet, honestly, if, is is to come with us with something that you know is close to done or, or and is of, of good quality, you know, and then maybe we'll take a chance on it, see how it does, and then you know the next time maybe we'll talk about like we'll fund your your next project or something along those lines. Something that I've never asked before, but curious then. So you have someone that gave a script. You're then like, okay, we want to green light this. You know, they're just the writer. You have then your talented artists that you have within SourcePoint. Well, we, yeah, we have we have a lot of guys that we work with regularly, right? Um, but that doesn't mean, I mean, it would... It, one of the things I ask for... Um, so let's say that you submitted a script. Mm -hmm. And let's say that this is a real fantasy and that script is any good at all. <laughs> and I'm like, Tony, I, this is good, man. Like, we should make this. I would say, what does this look like to you? And, and you know, you'd be like, oh, well, to me, you know, it looks like uh, John Romita Jr. And I'd be like, Tony. <laughs> you don't have any idea how much that would cost. Like, yeah. I'm not ever going to get John Romita Jr. But I might be like, look, here's ten guys that I know of that do work in a similar style to that that are probably in our price range of what this book would reasonably be budgeted. Okay. Because right? one of the first things I'm going to do is we're going to have a talk about the marketing of this. What's the product look like? And how many units do we really think we're going to move? Right? So the, and then we're going to use that information and those, those guesses to decide what the budget's going to be. And then that's how we're going to decide what kind of artists you can really get, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, for a guy like you who maybe you know, has not been ever published before, you're not looking at the artist who's worked for Marvel DC, mm -hmm. you know, you're looking at maybe at the very high end, somebody who's worked for, you know, maybe done a, a, a Dark Horse short and, a, you know, stuff like that, yes. you know, where they're like trying to break in, and, you know, their page rates are a little bit lower and things like that. You know, but we would give you some options. Be like, what do you think of these guys? And then you'd say, I like this, I like this, I like this. And then, you know, we would go from there. That's, well, okay, so that's something, like, I find fascinating because it's something that most of the people, when they go to cons, they don't ever think of. They just think, oh, a writer made something, an artist took it, drew it, and then it got sent to the comic book shop, where there's so much more behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, there's, it's a, it's a nightmare. So. <laughs> What would you say uh, out of uh, the series, like I don't want you to pick a favorite, but I do want you to pick a favorite, oh. that you guys have done that you f are most proud of having been in SourcePoint? Ooh. And now we're going to, I'll make sure that I let everyone hear this part too. Ooh. Um, man, that's tough. And don't pick one that you've done. <laughs> I was just going to say that'd be the easiest yeah. thing to do. Then I could just be like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Um, there's several books that I think are really beautiful and really, really good. Um, one of them, The Cabinet by Christian Sager and Kelly Williams, um, is a, this weird Arctic horror story about this group of people who disappears into the Arctic and they were, there's like a political thriller element to it because they were all in part of this conspiracy to kill the president in 1901 um, so it's definitely a like a weird story and it's sort of right up my alley of things I like plus mm -hmm. the art is if you're not familiar with Kelly Williams get familiar with him because he's a fucking genius um, we have a new book uh, that just came out called Fall Street um, okay. written by uh, an east coaster named Frank Mula art by Tyler Souls uh, Grand, okay, yep. Grand Rapids Zone um, 
that is really amazing. Um, I am a big fan of it. It uh, really reminded me of Stranger Things, but potentially maybe a little bit more sci-fi and a little less horror. Um, but it really has that same vibe to it. Uh, so I really enjoyed that book. Um, and we have a new book called The Rejected uh, that came out just a few weeks ago. It's done really well. I really enjoy that. Just have a plethora of them that you just. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just it's so difficult for me to be like, yeah, my favorite book that we've done is this one. Um, it's tough. I mean, well, they're like your babies. You're like the big papa of the group. Honestly, it might be it might be Holliston. This is my favorite book that we've okay. done. Um, it's the first thing we did where we worked on somebody that like I was a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. You know, we're working on an Adam Green property. We're working on it with him very closely. I'm a huge fan of Adams. He made all the Hatchet movies, and he's like, I mean, he's like a god of the independent horror scene. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave us a chance for no reason at all, just based on a cold call to give us a shot with the one of his IP. Um, if you read the four-page intro he wrote, it's like, it was like, I almost teared up the first time I read it because he was just like, I couldn't believe how amazing, what an amazing job these guys did. That is and excellent. the book is funny. Yeah, the art is great. It's short. The price point, it's like, a, it's such a good product. The price point is low, but it's still like a standalone thing, and it's still nice and square bound. It has an ISBN and a spine and all this stuff. So it's just... It's been really good. That, that's probably my single favorite book. Also, another thing about it is that the creative team on that were like three of our like the three of the pillars that have kept the company alive. Greg Wright wrote it. Who you know he wrote Monstrous and all that. Which is, yeah. Monstrous was our first series that sold so well that it sort of like was like maybe we should consider being a serious company about this. So Greg wrote it. Steve Shar did the art was pencils and inks um, and you know he's worked on so many of our things uh, and you know including my own stuff and he's been with us since the very beginning and then Josh Werner did colors and letters right so you, you kind of have uh, trifecta yeah like pillars the, there. sort of like the original team working with one of our heroes making something that ended up becoming a really awesome, sellable product that was very, very popular that, you know, we've done very well. So that might be my favorite thing that we've done so far. All right. I want to circle around before we... And all the rest of it's hot garbage. (laughs) I just love how honest you are. (laughs) Um, I want to circle back around to uh, going back into movies and production. Now, this is obviously, as we talked about, Rotten Tail is kind of your first foray in this, but yeah. you see it now being, I know that you can't really talk about some things, but you have some things in the in the works. You see that being a bigger presence now through some point. And is I, it something that you kind of, like, are upset that you let the rabbit out? Like, that there's so much more work to do on that aspect of the, of the company, or is it more No, I mean, different? I think that we're on our way, man. You know, we... We signed a development deal about a year ago to develop quite a few different projects. And, you know, a lot of them didn't end up panning out, right? That's the way it is. Yeah. Um, but a couple of them have. And a couple of them have gotten the money behind them and are going into pre-production. And Rotten Tail fully made it, you know, and it's, it's almost done. Um, and we've gotten, and because of that, we've gotten a couple other deals that are in the works. And um, I think, I think that it's going to become a much bigger part because the, the reality is, is that it, if you want to be a, a media company, like you have to be able to take your IP and push it into new mediums, mm-hmm. games, you know, whatever it's going to be, toys, film, video games, whatever it's going to be. You need, you need to be working on that aspect of it. Um, for us, because through comics, we've just gotten so used to just doing everything ourselves. Um, we're, just, we're, we're the same way with the films. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, do it ourselves. You know? uh, so that's kind of what we did. You know, we, like, we put the money together. We, we signed a co-production deal with an experienced company who sort of held our hands through a lot of this. And, you know, we learned and we picked stuff up. And, you know, I was the executive producer on Rotten Tail, but 
I didn't show up and sit there on my fucking phone. I showed up and I carried lights. I swept floors. I stayed. I did. I drove people around. I ran mm-hmm. to the store. You know, I helped carry in the food when crafty needed. I did whatever needed to be done mm-hmm. because not only am I the guy signing checks, but I'm also trying to learn every single thing I can because that's just how I am. Right? I want to know. Same thing with like when I got into being like, you know what? I think I'm gonna. I think I can make the jump to be a publisher. I think I've done enough of this. I've done editing. I've written. I think I can make the jump. You know, I'm like, I want to learn how to use Photoshop. I need to learn how to use Illustrator. I need to learn how to use InDesign. I need to know how to pre-flight this stuff. I need to know how to get it ready to head to the printer. You know, and I still don't. I'm not even anywhere close to knowing it at all. Like that's what I have Josh for. Yeah. But you know, you need to know this shit. You need uh-huh. to know the proper sizes and how these things go and how to put together these files and do it right and make stuff look good. So I feel the same way about the films. You know. But yeah, we have quite a few things are rolling right now. Um, it's tough. It's it's, a, it's like comics, you know. It's tough business, and more projects fail or never get off the ground than actually make it. You just you just got to keep trying and get them up there. So at this point, I would say that if Rotten Tail comes out in March and it does okay, doesn't have set the world on fire, but if it comes out and it does okay, we're gonna be okay. And awesome. we're going to be able to push the rest of this stuff through a lot easier. If Ron Till comes out and it takes a total shit and we lose our ass on it, that's going to be a big, that's going to, things might slow down. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, Travis. My wife will be pissed. That's what will happen. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking your time. Uh, I know there's plenty of good stuff ahead coming from SourcePoint Press and, I hope so. and everyone. And um, until we get more word, more news, more of uh, everything that you guys are doing, stick around till next time. That's right. Cheers. Thanks, Tony. See ya. All right. Well, the show is wrapping up, and it wouldn't be uh, a con without talking to Dirk Manning. And I can't believe that it's always towards the end that I finally get a chance to talk to you because yeah, you're so you know, busy. Well, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, at the end of, <laughs> I guess at the end of the count, there's no point in, like, trying to be cute. It is part of it's being busy, and then obviously part of it is just the fact that you're busy. And, you know, we know each other well enough. You know you can catch me at the end. As I'm getting ready to break down, come sauntering up and we'll chat, man. That's yeah. what friends are for. <laughs> so I don't want to take too much of your time, So, but I do need to have you on the podcast because yeah. it wouldn't, like I said, we need you always to. I mean, it's just the thing now. Right. And, I mean, it's we're family. That's what we do. Yeah, yes, it is. So I'm just going to let you kind of take over and you just go down a list <laughs> of what you want to talk about. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, we're wrapping up towards the end of the con season right now. We launched The Amazing Tales of Mystery Volume 4 kickstarter on friday the 13th uh we hit our funding goal of thirteen thousand dollars in three hours and 13 minutes on friday the 13th and i know a lot of your uh, people listening to this right now were part of that thank you so much to everybody uh to supported it um it, it, it's game changing and i think it's game changing more than people enjoy the hype and the fun mm-hmm. but also this really changes the game this puts the power back in the the hands of readers like this is what we want this is what we want and we can do this stuff now and people are noticing people are taking note so that's pretty huge other than that the twisted comic just came out through source point press we're doing a signing in comics and more in sterling height or madison heights on uh, november 11th nightmare world 4 is now uh, appearing in stores the omnibus is printing and uh i think a lot about the fact that i mean you look at this table right now i mean people can't see it Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Wow, thirteen. I got thirteen oh, books. Nice. Uh, nice. I even planned that. I got thirteen books on my table right now. And when you and I first met years ago, Detroit Fanfare, I had two, three. Yeah, I think two or three. Two or three books. And it wasn't that long ago. But part of the reason that I'm to the point now, I am, and I'm not super mega rock star or anything, but we're making noise. But it's because of support of people like you guys having me on the podcast letting us talk letting us connect and those of you out there listening to it listening to these podcasts and going and checking out the creators that they feature so i mean i am an example of that thing where you know we start out with scratching and clawing and we're still scratching we're still clawing but to go from two books to 13 books and counting 
and books with Twisted and $45,000 Kickstarter, $13,000 in Kickstarter in three hours and 13 minutes. That stuff's you guys. I can't do that stuff. So thank you uh, to Drunk on Comics and, and thank all of you listening for, um, for helping make this stuff possible. It makes a huge, huge difference. And truly, man, thank you. I, it, it's, it's you guys. You well, know. I take the accolades, but I also got to say it's partly you too. I mean, it's just, it's it's all of us. It's our con family. Yes. It's all of us yeah. coming together, supporting each other. Yeah. And it's what makes what I do, like, enjoyable. Yeah. Well, it is. And it, 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 you're right. You know, it's like, uh, I, I, might, I might steer the ship, but, but uh, a ship needs more than a captain. Mm-hmm. You know, and I might be the captain of the ship, fine. But you guys, everyone's out there supporting these books, talking about the books, promoting the books, supporting what we do. It makes such a huge difference to people that do create their own books. I don't have Marvel writing me a paycheck regardless of whether the book sells or not. I don't have that. If my books don't sell, then we can't afford to make the books. We can't afford to pay the artists. We can't do the work. So thank you, all of you out there, and thank you for making this, uh, making it possible. All right. Well, Dirk, until next time. Yeah, buddy. Cheers, man. Cheers. Thanks, everybody. We want to thank Grand Rapids Comic Con for having us again this year. We look forward to the following years to come. Stay thirsty for more misadventures from the DOC crew.